The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Do you, do you have a favorite clip in there? Will and Uncle Phil. How come you don't want me? Oh my God. Man, Will, so later on in life, Will Smith... Uh, in 2005, he starred in the movie Hitch, where Hitch was a, a date consultant. He would, he would help guys build up the courage or create scenarios to, like, meet and interact with women that they had a crush on and wanted to approach, and then he would help them just continue to cultivate the relationship until eventually, it, hopefully, it, it, it went all the way to marriage. It was great. I don't know where the idea came from, but I do know that the idea existed thousands of years ago. So in, in 2 AD, there, in ancient Rome, there was a poet by the name of Ovid. And he wrote, in that times, 2 AD, you guys, you know, okay? He wrote a Rome's bestseller called The Art of Love. It was a three-volume set of poems, and it did like, it was like Hitch. It helped guys find and connect with women. And, um, you know, I did a little research on it, but I didn't read all the way into it. I had so much other research to do for this that I didn't really feel like it. But one of the things that caught my attention about it is I read another study about it. It's like this thing, not only did it tell guys, like, where to find women, it had everything from, like, I don't know, scenario. It had pickup lines. Pickup lines from ancient Rome. Like, I should have read them to see what they're about, but y'all know me. I got my own imagination about what a, a pickup line from ancient Rome can sound like. <clears throat> Pardon me, my love. <laughs> but thou must be tired because all thy do is roam through my mind. Oh, dear. I seem to have misplaced my Roman numerals. Might I have yours? <laughs> okay. All right, I got more, but I'll see if I can get lucky with the second service. <laughs> Look, this, this poet, Ovid, eventually, even though this, was supposed to, this, this piece was supposed to be like directions for dating, uh -huh, it was more like a manual for misogyny. Like, it even told guys how they could pursue married women. Yeah, yeah. So the emperor at the time, Augustus, he exiled Ovid and his work, kicked him out because he felt like his work was a bad influence on society and what Augustus wanted. He wanted there to be thriving marriages in his society. This is what I'm here to tell you today, guys. I'm here to repeat this emperor, not, not Ovid's bad jokes. And they, I'm sure his were more elegant than mine. But I'm here to tell you the same message. I, I personally, and I believe that it's God's, and it's probably many of you guys, I, I have a desire that marriages would not only do good, but they would be great. And that they would thrive and be a vital part of our society and when they do, there's so much benefit 
First, the benefit is right to the couple. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 18, 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds what is. Don't you love how God's clever? He's like, he who finds a wife, not a wife who finds a guy. No, no, you found me, man. Okay, like, he who finds a wife, I agree, finds what is good and has favor from the Lord. That's good. It's a good, it's a treasure. But the benefit isn't only for the couple. It goes beyond that. It's for the community, for the society, for the world. Let me, let me just show you some. These are some stats and some information about how much good a marriage can do for our society. Take a look. So things like infidelity and adultery, even in a society like ours, those things are unacceptable, at least, at least frowned upon, right? Marriage does the opposite. Marriage promotes just the opposite of those things. Because marriage is the promise of one person to one partner, marriage helps to lower and decrease the spread of sexually transmitted diseases. But on the flip side, helps increase sexual satisfaction, emotional health. Married couples earn more. Married couples are more likely to give. They give more to charity. They're more likely to do volunteer service. Children... When children are raised inside of a married home, those children, get ready for this, this is a lot. Those children are typically, they typically earn more A's. They are more likely to attend college. They are physically and emotionally healthier. They are less likely to be physically or sexually abused. They are less likely to use drugs and alcohol to commit delinquent behaviors. Please don't do that. We, they have a decreased risk of getting divorced when they get married on their own. They are less likely to be involved in teen pregnancy. They are less likely to be raised in poverty when they come from a married home. These are only a few of the benefits that marriage has on the family, the church, the school, the marketplace, the government. Girl, let's just get married. Can we hear it one time for marriage? Just one time in this place today? I think God knows what he was doing. I say that a lot in the message because I really do believe that about God. And yes, I believe it. I believe he knows what he was doing about marriage. Now, listen, hold on. Some of you have already left me. Come back. I know that I have different people in here in many different regards to marriage. We have married couples in here. We have people in here and online, hello online, that used to be married, either widowed or divorced. Um, we have people in here that aren't married, but they want to be. We have people in here that aren't married and don't care to be. And we have people in here that are too young to care about any of this yet. But I'm going to talk to all of you about marriage because all of, the, all of these benefits are for all of us. No matter where your scenario is that you fall in regards to marriage, this is, what you, this is why I want to talk to you about it today, because everyone does great when marriages do their part. There are rewards for all of us when marriages do their part, but I want to talk to you not only about the rewards, but also about the responsibilities that we all have. Yes, everyone does great when marriages do their part, but everyone has a part in marriages doing great. And that's why this message is for all of us today. So stay with me. Don't leave me just because you're not in a marriage or, or weren't, please. 
We all have a part to play and we all have a reward from them doing well. So since we know that marriages are so great, what we got to talk about today is how do we make them work? Because what we know, painfully, is that they don't always work. As a matter of fact, 38% of them don't make it. They end in divorce. How is it when I say marriage, I hope that a song comes to mind, not Queens, Another One Bites the Dust. That's not what I mean. Be positive, you guys. No, but a song comes to mind when we think about marriage. It's this song. <clears throat> oh. All right, yeah, let me find it. it is but then it's like that's like the arc of a marriage starts off with that beautiful song and then somewhere along the way the keys just get mm. so what does it take if these things are so important if this if this relationship and by the way this is the closing of our relationship series so maybe I'm a little biased because I'm married, but I feel like the way Patrick arranged him was he saved the best one for last. But, but, but there's so much benefit for all of us. If marriages do well, so how do we make them work? And it's really quite simple. It is. You know it. You know, I'm here today to give you simplicity. You know it's really simple. I didn't say it was easy, but it's simple. What is the four-letter word that you can say in church out loud? What is the four-letter word? Although, what is the four-letter word? <laughs> that makes a marriage work. Yell it. You guys can all go home now. You get it. It really is simple. Love will make a marriage work. It will. It'll not only make it work, it'll make it thrive. It'll make it amazing. So if we were at a wedding ceremony and we got to hear the beautiful song, okay, we hear that, we're standing, the bride comes down, and we all sit. The father says, the mother and I give her away. The ceremony starts. Somewhere along the line, the pastor will probably read, I'd say seven out of ten marriages. The pastor will read what scripture? First Corinthians, anybody know the chapter? 13. You know why you know that? Because it's on your phone as your home screen. It's hanging on your wall in Word Art. It's tatted on you somewhere. It is such a beautiful scripture. It's wonderful. I want you to put all those things away for a moment. Pretend you ain't never heard this before. Pretend like you've never heard this scripture before. As I read through it, just listen. Just listen. Don't let your mind go anywhere. Just listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. Oh, no, 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 no. Love doesn't envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, and it's not easy angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. No, no, no. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always, 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 it always perseveres. It wins. 
right. I'm going to read this again. This time, as I go through each of the phrases, I'm going to say some things that I know you've either heard, thought, or said. Now, remember, I'm delivering this in the context of marriage, but please think about all of your relationships because the caveat, the beautiful caveat about this scripture is that it works for any relationship, any. Listen. Love is patient. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Love is kind. Nah, do it yourself. That's not my problem. That's the stupidest thing you've ever said. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Everything's about you. I knew it. I told you so. It does not dishonor others. I can't stand her, but she's always this way. It is not self-seeking. I don't care what he thinks. This is for me. It's not easily angered. Bleep. Bleepity bleep. You bleep, 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 bleep. It keeps no record of wrongs. See, this is exactly what you do. This is what you've always done. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You deserve somebody better. Yeah, you're right, I do. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. We're done. We're over. This don't sound like falling in love, does it? As a kid that realized that. <laughs> I try not to go too far this way, you guys. I really don't. I got a bun up there blocking it. You know what I mean? Okay, like, this doesn't sound like falling in love. And contrary to popular belief, this is not the sound of falling out of love either. It's not. And falling in love is real. I'm not here today to bash that idea. Some, you know, some, whenever we see like a young couple fall in love, we always start to throw out like, you're infatuated. Like, that's what we say. We're like scared for them to actually like fall in love. Denying that it actually is a real thing, that it actually happened to us. You meet someone, you're mesmerized by them, captivated by them. Suddenly, nothing matters in your life. Your calendar doesn't matter, your bank account doesn't matter, your job doesn't matter. Nothing matters but them. You're totally consumed, you can't help it. In your eyes, they can do no wrong. Even the first time they accidentally fart in front of you is adorable. You're like, oh. That's like the barrier breaker, like, now we're ready. <laughs> you fall. 
You can't help it. It just happens. It is a fall. You fall. And normally the fall lands at marriage. You fall, and when you get up, you are married. And the reason why I've laid this out and it doesn't sound like falling in love is because marriage specifically, you guys, marriage isn't falling in love. Marriage is standing up for love. Do you see the difference? I fell in love and that's okay. You fell in love and that's okay. It was wonderful. Thank God for that. But if you fell and you fell into marriage, at that point in time, the fall was done and the standing up for love begun. Marriage is a promise a commitment, a dedication, a choice to give God's love to someone else unconditionally. Falling is passive. Loving is proactive. Falling takes no effort. Love takes everything. I'm going to repeat something. Marriage is a promise, a commitment, a dedication, a choice to give, here's the important word, God's love. Not ours, not theirs, to give God's love to someone else. And the definition that you see in that love chapter, that's the definition of God's love. And in the next verse I'm going to show you, it shows you not only what a marriage will look like when God's love is in it, but why it's so important that God's love is in it and that that marriage goes the distance. If you, if later this week, if you go back and watch this message, if you like went on our YouTube or you wanted to share it, which by the way, please share our messages with people. If you, a little, little word of advice, if you ever share a message with someone, don't say, hey, I, you need this. <laughs> don't do that. That's not how you do it. You can say something like, hey, I thought about you, or you might like this, all right? But if you went back on our YouTube page and you look up this message, the title of it is going to be, we don't believe in a biblical marriage. <gasps> I know, the scandal. Like, this church does not believe in a biblical marriage. Okay, you got to explain, Spence, because I got, my, I got my word open right now. Okay, hold on. The Bible, we believe, is the absolute truth. The Bible is the truth of the good, the bad, and if you've read it, the outright disgusting, the Bible. And in marriage, if you went into the Bible anywhere, you could see different explanations or examples of marriages that we don't necessarily promote or agree with, okay? Like, in other words, and, and particularly in the Old Testament. Now, I'm not bashing the Old Testament. We use it. This series today that we're in is based upon an Old Testament book called The Song of Songs, and it's a beautiful poem and love story of the King Solomon and his bride. It's beautiful, yeah, the Bible captures that, but it also captures how King Solomon actually lived. 
And if you see in the Bible how he lived as far as marriage was concerned, it don't read like a poem no more. It reads like rap lyrics. Like if, if you saw King Solomon's life, he'd say, women, I got those in different area codes. 10,000 to be exact. If any of y'all think that you can play in any kind of marriage like that and say that we taught you that, you go somewhere else right now. We ain't teach you that. So that's what I'm getting at. What we believe is we believe in a New Testament marriage. And that's not no New Testament versus the Old Testament. No, the Bible is canon. Even when Jesus came and he taught, he said, you've heard it said this way. I'm telling you, do it this way. That's what the Bible does for itself, for you. It shows you don't do it this way. This is the way. And so we teach you a New Testament marriage. You got it? So the, the scripture we're going into right now about marriage is the New Testament. Look, we're not just going to open up the book of First Ludicrous and read you some, no. <laughs> that ain't a marriage, bro. I'm, no. But this right here, this is. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse, you, and you guys have heard this. You've heard this. You've heard this. Ephesians chapter 5, 21 through 23. Submit to one another. This is, this is the writer, Paul, talking to the husband and wife. But his message, if you see it, is a lot like what I'm saying today. It's not just exclusive to the married couple. Everyone needs to hear this. This is the love that everyone needs to have. Submit to one another out of reference for Christ. Very important word. Very important word. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife. Let's stop right there. Look, y'all, I, I know what year it is. I'm wearing New Balance. Like, I'm flat. Like, I, I know where we're at. And I want to say something. This verse is an entire sermon on its own, and you know I can't cover it today. What I want us to do is not get tripped up on this first part, which is very important to explain in this day and age. Ladies, let me help out a little bit. I can tell you what it does not mean. This does not mean, woman, what are you doing out of the kitchen? That is not what this means. That's disgusting. Amen. That is not what this means, okay? That's barbaric. I went to the extreme so that you get where I'm going at. What I'm asking you to do is please, so I can get what I had to say, do not get caught up on that first half. What we do is we get caught up on that first half. We don't even go to the second half, which I am here to argue today is the most important part of this entire scripture. So please don't get caught up on that. Please. You got, okay. For the husband is head of the wife. Here it is. As Christ is head of the church, his body of which he, and thank you so much he is able, of which he is the savior. He's the savior. Husbands, love your wives in that example. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You guys, this is why marriage is winning is so important. This is why. Because what you see in this scripture is that the writer is telling all of us that a marriage is not only winning for its own sake, for the two people in love. It's bigger than that. To God, marriage is the representation of Jesus to his bride, the church, anyone on the entire planet who believes in him. He please applaud that. And a woman started that, just so you know. 
my ladies. When I do weddings services for people, if I ever do yours, you'll hear me say this. Today, your marriage is a flag waving in beauty, in love. Your marriage is a flag. If, if we were in another country and there was like a U.S. embassy or something like that, out front would be the what? The American flag. The beautiful red, white, and blue, and stars would be out there. Someone could go to that flagpole. They could even touch that flag, but it's not America. It says there is an America. There's more than just, the, it's beautiful in its own, but this only represents something greater. If you went into someone's home and they had hanging up a flag of three bands of, of red, of black, of green, you're, you're not at Africa just because you have that flag in your hands. It says there's something, there's a whole other continent that this represents. There's something more that this represents. When your marriage is seen by the world, people should know that there is a God who unconditionally loves them and that Jesus was willing to give his life up for all of us just by seeing your marriage. That's what it means. When couples, when you submit your will to one another, submit to one another. The first verse said submit to one another. When you submit your will to one another, people can see that there was a Jesus who submitted his will to his father. Not my will, but yours be done. And do you know what that will was? That will was for Jesus to die on a cross. We get upset because we got to submit our will of our plans or our dinner or I want to go to the game or whatever. We get upset about Jesus said, I'll submit my will to yours, father. And it was to die on a cross. When people see your marriage, when they see you, forgive one another. And I don't mean just leaving the oven on. I do that a lot, y'all. I'm surprised we have a house. I really leave the oven on. I mean, forgive you for something that, or you forgive them for something that you just felt was unforgivable. Something that was so painful that it crushed you. And yet you forgive. The world will know that there is a Jesus who was crushed by the cross to forgive us of all our unforgivable sin. If you're here and you know someone or you know what it's like for your marriage to be on the verge of dying. But yet today here you are. Your marriage is beautiful and alive and thriving, you are the living proof that Jesus went into the grave and God brought him back to life. And so, in that, what you can say is that your I do was saved by Jesus as I did. And for any of you here today who've never said I do to Jesus, yes, Jesus, I do believe you need to say that I do before you say I do to anyone else. And you can say I do to that today. If you're here today, please say I do. Jesus, I do believe that you died for my sins. To forgive me that on that cross, you, you forgave me of my sin. When you died and rose again, you gave me a new chance at life for eternity, no doubt. 
and I want that. And if you make that simple yes decision, all this is say, say I do, quietly to yourself. Say it, type it in the comments. If you're saying I do to Jesus, just please let me know, okay? Because I'm going to follow up with you this week. I'm going, to, I'm going to call you and talk to you about the decision that you made. Please let me know. When we stand up for God's love, you guys, we can start to see this 1 Corinthians start to look like it's supposed to. Experts say that there's four, not the, they're not the only, but there's four main behaviors that can easily kill a marriage, that can kill a, any relationship. And they say that they are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and wall building. And God is so clever that 1 Corinthians has a counter for each of them. Take a look. Criticism. Love is patient. Criticism is this nice little knife that we keep in our pocket that we can stab at our partner, I'm sorry, I know that's a really disgusting visual. I probably shouldn't even said that now that it just left my mouth. But the reason why I'm making it sound harsh is because how much damage it can actually do, okay? Criticism is this poke that we take at our partner because we believe that by doing so, it will speed up the process of their growth. Love is patient. If it took someone half of a lifetime to become who they are right now, how long do you think it'll take for them to become somebody even better? Love is patient. And what patience means is not expressing impatience at their imperfections. Put the criticism down. It's not going to speed it up. Love is patient. Love is kind. Contempt will kill a relationship. Contempt means I've lost all value and disregard for this person. Kindness is just the opposite. Kindness is going out of our way to bring love their way. Defensiveness. Love is not proud. Defensiveness says I will not lower myself to you. I will not be the one who is wrong. But love isn't proud. Love says, I know I messed up. I know I hurt you. I'm the only one to blame. And I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Can I please have your forgiveness? How can you just feel yourself shrinking when you would have to say something? But love is not proud. It's humble. Wall building. When we build up walls, we distance ourselves from them. We find reasons not to answer the text, talk to them, sleep in the same room, whatever. We build a wall. And do you know what the wall is made of? Brick by brick, it's made of each and every wrong thing they've ever done to us. But love keeps no record 
of wrongs. And this one scares us the most. Mm. Because we are afraid that forgiveness means permission to hurt me again. Mm. Love speaks the truth. If there's a problem, we talk about it. We address it. We deal with it with the truth. And some problems, some mistakes, they're going to take longer to deal with than others, which means, yeah, this might have to keep coming back up more than what we wanted to, but that's not the end. It's only a means. The end is to one day be able to arrive at this. Hey, that's behind us. I'm thankful for you. I'm so proud of you. That is the past. All that matters for me and you now is our future. Love keeps no record of wrongs. That means love holds. Love holds accountable. It just doesn't hold over their head. You know, the biggest thing that intimidates us about this kind of love of God is the actual thing that should give us the most comfort. Being human, we feel like we cannot live this out. But because it's, God love, it's God's love, that's the most comforting thing, is that for anyone who's willing to learn, God is willing to teach. If love is patient, if love is kind, can you find the time to teach? If it doesn't envy, if it doesn't boast, if it ain't too proud to reach, if love ain't selfish and it gives away, then why am I playing for keeps when it keeps no list of the wrongs, but I've been keeping a rap sheet? But love don't root for the bad guy. Only the truth will it speak. It always protects and it always trusts and it always hopes in defeat. And that's why love never fails on we. So we shouldn't fail on love. And God, I'm willing to learn if you're willing to teach. I asked all of you today to do your part in marriage, and I'm going to ask you now. Everyone has a part. I want to talk first to my kids in the room. We have kids here because one of them caught out my best response of the day. We have young people in here. We have teenagers in here. We have middle schoolers, and we have kids. Kids, I want to say something to you. First and foremost, most important, I'm sure you've heard this if you've been in this situation, but I'm going to tell it to you again, kids. You are never, ever responsible or to blame for anything that ever happens in your parents' marriage. Never. It is not your fault. Some of you have seen a divorce. Some of you get scared sometimes, and maybe that's on the verge. And you need to know Adults, of which I'm somewhat one of, we do not get this right. We don't know how to do this. We're trying our best. Your parents are trying their best for you. But no matter what happens, you are never, never the blame for anything that happens in their marriage, ever. But you have some power. Did you know that you can pray for your parents' marriage? Did you know that? It's not your responsibility. No, it's their responsibility to pray for the marriage. But for you, 
You could care about mom and dad enough that if you want to pray for their marriage, you absolutely can. And you know what? God will hear you. He will absolutely hear you. You pray for your parents and clean that room up because that'll help a whole lot too. My single people, first of all, Patrick dropped a gem on singleness. You need to go back and watch it in this series if you missed it, okay? I have two kinds of single people in here. I have single people who you want to be married. First of all, what you can do to help marriage, is one is just that, yes, desire that. It is such a righteous desire. Please, want marriage. And then, don't be afraid to be around marriage, even if you end up being the awkward third, fifth, or like seventh wheel in a group. Like, don't, don't, don't fear that. Do not do that. Place yourself around the marriage. Watch. Observe. See what you like. See what you don't like. Okay? And if there's a couple that you're close with, you're inspired by them, tell them. Don't flatter them. Don't show, but just drop them that little bit of love. It will not only warm their heart, it'll hold them accountable to remind them their marriage is more than about them. That's healthy. You're single, but you care less about marriage. You got Netflix and a microwave and a cat. Like, you don't need nothing. You good. You good. We all have a part to play here. That's okay that you, you, you don't have that in your heart. That's okay. You could still help marriage thrive. All right? There were some vacations, some getaways that I know my wife and I needed and wanted, but we couldn't have done it without a house sitter, a babysitter. You're already good with a cat, cat sitter. <laughs> you can help. You can serve a marriage. Absolutely you can. And know that by that couple being free from some responsibilities or just for a night or for a moment, whatever, you've done your part in continuing their, their commitment to love. Absolutely. Please continue to do that. All right, here's the toughest one. You were married. And you're not now. Two reasons. You're either widowed or you're divorced. Let me talk to my divorced people. Thank you for sitting still through this. Thank you for not clicking off the message. Especially if something you went through was so fresh and this is what you get to come to church to today. Thank you for the courage to sit still. Thank you for the courage to let God move and speak not only to people here but to you. Here's what I'm going to courageously ask of you. First, if you're here in this community and you're divorced, welcome home. I know that that one thing is this cloud that just kind of follows you around. And people say, oh, they were so righteous, but they got divorced. What? Come, come on. Hey, hey, hey. That doesn't belong here. It's not in this community. You were loved and valued and appreciated by us and God. Both sides. You're like, thank you because I hate him. No, 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 no. Both of you. We love both of you. What I'm going to courageously ask you to do at some point in time in your life, because maybe now is too soon and I get that, is take the courage to even though you may have lost a marriage, don't lose faith in marriage. Don't do that. This is still God's plan. Don't lose faith in that. 
you're going to come to the place where no matter what happened to you, you can speak well, you can encourage, you can speak over you. You hear somebody get married, don't be like, are you crazy? No, 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 don't do that. Speak well of marriage. Encourage. Believe in it. I know that's big. I know that's a courageous thing for me to ask, but I'm going to ask it. And through the power of God's love, you can do it. You can do it. All right. Two more to go. You good? Are we still married? Hold on. You've been widowed. I honestly really can't ask much more of you. What I want to say to anyone in here today who's been widowed, whether it was recent and like a tragic or you've gone the distance in a marriage, here's what this entire church wants to say to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I have done services of the, or that was a spouse of someone. And in that room, I could just feel that there was this, this, this beautiful sense of completion. What I'm thanking you for is this. You kept your promise. You did it. It wasn't easy. At times, you may have wanted to quit, but you didn't. You kept your promise to them and God, and because of that, I'm inspired. I believe I can because you did. I believe I can. I believe that newlyweds like Drew and Cassie can do it because you did. I believe Josh and Lauren can do it because you did. I believe that Demetrius and Nicole can do it because you did. I believe that Sheree and Larry can do it. I believe that Patrick and Laura can do it because you did it. I know it can be done. It can be done. And I'm, I'm thankful for you keeping your commitment. Thank you. All right. Where's all my wedding rings at? Married couples, let me first give you a resource. I don't want to just give you this message today and then, like, leave it. I want to introduce you to David and Anna Lee Kopp. Uh, they lead a, a marriage life group. And tonight, here at this campus, they are leading a workshop on praying for your marriage. I know I said that the kids can do it, but married couples, if you're not praying for your marriage, who is? You got to lead the way. This is a beautiful thing to come to, and I encourage you to do that. But what I want to do as we close is I want to take a moment and pray with you. So I'm going to ask two things of my married couples. One, can I have all my married couples in the room? Even if you're not with your spouse right now, that's okay. Like, can I have you stand? Would you be willing to stand? And then next, we don't, we don't do this a lot, and so whenever we do it, it's special, and it's important. But I wonder if I have any married couples that will be willing to go back to that day that you stood before people, that they could see your marriage, that you committed to say, it's okay, you can see my marriage. I'm going to live this out. You committed to it. I wonder if you would do the same thing today. Do I have any couples that will be willing to leave their seat and come down here towards the front where people can? I'm, I'm, matter of fact, I'll lead the way with my baby. Please don't trip up the stairs. Any couples, just come forward. Come be seen. We all have a part. And so I want to ask everyone in here, will you please join us in praying for 
these marriages. Heavenly Father, seeing the steps forward, it's like seeing in real time those who care and love you take a stand for love, willing to be seen by the world as the flag of the love of God. God, you know in each and every home here what joys and memories and photos and holidays and anniversaries have have propelled them and made them wonderful. And you know what moments have made them weak. And God, what we're asking today as a church family is would you cover these marriages with your love, your patient love, Would you be kind to them? God, would you be be forgiving as they forgive? God, help them to be courageous. God, I pray that you meet all their needs. I pray that their homes are taken care of, that their children are blessed. God, I pray that you today, on this day, that you, act, that you give these couples both memories and motive to love you and to love their spouse. God, committing to love isn't easy, and so they're going to need you. And so I pray that you pour in and through them so that these marriages, they thrive in your name. And God, I'm going to ask one more special blessing for them. It was a time where they fell in love. They've committed to standing for love. God, I pray that you reward them with falling in love all over again and again and again. And God, with all of the faith that's gathered collectively in this room, I pray that you hear this prayer and that you answer it according to your good and perfect will. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for marriage. In Jesus' name we pray. You guys are welcome to return to your seats or stay here as we continue into worship, you guys. Come on, let's sing those words with the faith that we have in this room. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.